common. Who's hungry? Welcome to Fan Ramen, the official podcast of Black Ramen. We are a band who writes epic music for film and games. And we're here to read your fan fiction. I'm Lindy. Konnichiwa! I'm Ralph. Wasabi! Behind the board is our awesome chef. And all around amazing dude, the, the chef, chef Kevin. Kevin. We've got a How to Train Your Dragon fanfiction up first. Ooh, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Dragons have better manners than I do. That's true. I've oh, seen you eat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Katurdi, spelled K-A-T-U-R-D-I, sent us this fic, which is called The Hand Thing. You can find Katurdi on fanfiction.net or check out fanramen.com under our featured fix page. Or just click on the link in the show notes and follow Catterdy to show your support. And remember, if you want to submit your fic to our podcast, email your work to fanramenpodcast at gmail.com. Toothless has seen Hiccup's mystical hand gesture calm down several different kinds of dragons, including himself. So logically, shouldn't it work on an angry Hiccup? said Dragon's head shot up and out of the barrel it was previously in. What do you think you're doing? Toothless swiveled his head around and made eye contact with his rider, who seemed very mad. Either that or he ate something spicy. Toothless cocked his head and crooned. What's he mad about? Get your scaly tail over here now! Toothless rolled his eyes and trudged over to his rider, swishing his tail back and forth. His rider pointed down at an empty barrel on the floor. What did you do? Toothless snorted. (laughs) Isn't it obvious what he did? He had a midday snack. And what about those? He pointed at five more overturned barrels, which still had a couple more fish in them. Mm, Looks like I missed some. Toothless, why did you eat all of the Edge's fish? Toothless warbled and looked around the room full of upturned barrels. What's wrong with eating? Toothless is the almighty Night Fury. He shouldn't have to ask to eat. Toothless? Hiccup said warningly. Toothless just shrugged and looked out the door, trying to say one of the other dragons did it. There was one thing Toothless knew, and that was to never make Hiccup mad at you. The end results were never good. Might as well make him mad at the other dragons. Suddenly, the entire edge exploded. What's going on? Astrid yelled. She and the other riders ran into the Edge's storage house and looked back and forth from Toothless to his rider. Oh, you want to know what's going on? Hiccup yelled, then pointed a finger accusingly at Toothless. This useless reptile ate our entire supply of fish in one sitting. Toothless blinked down at his rider innocently. No, 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 don't you make those eyes at me. You know they don't work. 
Yes, they do. At least on me. Tuff said, then sniffed. They're just so cute. He was promptly quieted by Hiccup's glare. He then directed his glare back to Toothless, who stared down nervously at his rider. Toothless, he said slowly. Why did you eat all of our fish? Toothless just shook his head, trying to make his rider calm down. From what Toothless had learned in the three years he had been with Hiccup, he knew when Hiccup talked like that, things would not end well. Uh Uh-oh, you better run, Toothless, Snoutlout said, who was backing up along with the other riders. We took over two months to catch that, Toothless. Two months. We were going to store it for winter. Now we have to work double time to make up for your mistake. Or, more accurately, your appetite. Hiccup poked Toothless's stomach, who was backing up ears down. Who knew his rider could be so scary? Didn't you stop for one second to think that maybe we needed that food, Toothless? Don't you ever stop to think that not everything revolves around you? Hiccup's voice was raising now, and Toothless was steadily growing more terrified. Well, guess what? Not everything revolves around you and your huge stomach. Toothless glanced at the other riders and saw that they were hiding behind the doorframe, watching the scene. It's too bad I can't do that. Couldn't you have waited a few more hours for lunch? Hiccup threw up his hands and started pacing. Oh, of course you couldn't. You're the almighty Night Fury for Thor's sake. Of course you don't have to think of anyone other than yourself. My bad. Toothless scrunched up his nose. Is he being sarcastic? You know what? Maybe you should catch your own fish from now on. I don't care that you can't fly. You're catching your own. Of course, you're the almighty Night Fury, so you can do anything you want. Catching your own food shouldn't be a problem. Hiccup was steadily stalking back towards Toothless, who had himself backed against the wall. His rider fixed his angry stare on him, and suddenly, Toothless knew why he was called the Dragon Conqueror. And now, because of your selfishness, the rest of us have to work twice as hard to make up for it. Thank you for nothing, you useless reptile. Toothless suddenly got a flashback from the first time Hiccup called him that. He also remembered the time they bonded by, um, what was it, Hiccup's hand touching his snout? Suddenly, Toothless got an idea. He grinned his trademark gummy smile. This has to work. It worked on me. Toothless stood on his hind legs, then reached out a paw. Hiccup, who was about to start ranting again, looked quizzically at it. What the Thor are you doing? Toothless moved his paw so it was a few inches in front of Hiccup's forehead. Then he turned his head. The whole room exploded in laughter. Each other with wide eyes. How to train your hiccups. <laughs> <laughs>
fish legs said. Snout loud doubled over, giggling uncontrollably. How about the hiccup training academy? <laughs> Astrid suggested while wiping a tear from her eye. Toothless turned his head slightly to peek at Hiccup, who was glaring at Paul. Oh, hearty har har. Laugh it up, won't you? When the others only laughed harder, he sighed and shoved Toothless's paw away. Toothless, this isn't the time for games. I'm serious. You're catching your own fish from now on. I'm tired of... Toothless cut him off by placing his paw on Hiccup's forehead. The room erupted in a fresh bout of laughter. choked out. Toothless turned his head fully to look at his rider. He was smiling slightly, his cheeks bright red. Seriously, Toothless? Toothless only grinned gummily. Hiccup sighed and removed Toothless's paw. Hmm. I'm still mad at you, he said lamely. Before we hit the next story, I wanted to share an email from one of our listeners. DJ asked us how we got into voice acting and what made us want to start this podcast. We'll give you our answers at the end of the episode. For our second course, we're serving an Evangelion fic called Unravel, written by Homer's Disciple. This story features the Shinji that we know and love, but with an altered past. Although the fic starts with a seven-year-old Shinji, he reaches his teen years by chapter two. Even though this is an altered history fic, fans of the series will recognize the plot and timelines. So head over to fanfiction.net and read the rest of this captivating story by Homer's Disciple. You can find the link in the show notes or head over to our featured fic page on fanramen.com. Be sure to support the author and give the story a follow. The lonely little boy sat nervously in his chair, watching as the older lady wrote notes on her clipboard. He didn't want to be there, not in this empty white room, but his teacher had said they had no choice but to see a specialist. A specialist who worked with children just like him. The lady looked up at him from her clipboard, and she smiled softly at him, trying to put him at ease. It only made the little boy more nervous. Hello there, I've heard a lot about you she said in perfect Japanese. The lonely little boy shifted in his chair, his feet not even touching the floor from where he sat. He nodded at the woman, saying nothing. My name is Dr. Page, and I came all the way from America to see you. I came because your teacher sent me here to help you. Now, when you meet someone, you're supposed to introduce yourself, the doctor said, speaking in a calm, soft voice. She was very used to speaking with problem children even children who had lost their mother as he had. Hello? The lonely little boy said meekly. He looked away from Dr. Page, never once meeting her eyes as she spoke. Dr. Page waited patiently. She'd learned over the years that you mustn't push a patient, but rather let them work things out on their own, at least in the beginning. I'm I'm Ikari. Shinji Ikari. The lonely little boy said slowly. Shinji Ikari, that's a lovely name. How old are you? Dr. Page asked again, still with that warm smile on her face. But the smile was fake. He knew the lady was pretending to be kind. 
Why did adults pretend to be something they weren't? He wondered. Mm, I'm, I'm seven, Shinji said slowly. She knows. She already knew everything about you before you ever walked into the room. Mm. Little Shinji let out a small whimper, and he flinched back as if struck. Dr. Page froze, frowning at him. She seemed unsure of what to do for a moment. No, not again. Teacher said I mustn't listen. The lonely little boy thought. Dr. Page adopted another warm smile. This one softer than the one before. Calm, relaxing, and giving the lonely little boy his space. The smiles mean nothing. They're manufactured. Don't tell her. Shinji closed his eyes tight. Shinji? Dr. Page called to him sweetly. He opened his eyes and managed to look back at her. Do you know why your teacher called me? Shinji shook his head, saying, Um, it's because I'm sick. Because I see things. Um, because I hear things and because of my dreams. Dr. Page added more notes to the clipboard. Don't tell her. Why do you think you're sick? Dr. Page asked calmly. Shinji fidgeted nervously in his chair, thinking of what his teacher had told him. To trust the lady. To tell her everything. Because that was the only way she could help. Lie. Don't tell her the truth. Well, sometimes, sometimes my head hurts and then I have dreams. Teacher found me bleeding from my nose more than once. Little Shinji said, looking away. His eyes glued to his shoes. Now, Shinji... Tell me, what do you see when it happens? Dr. Page said. Her hands were gripping her clipboard tight, pen in hand, eager for what came next. She does not care about you. Little Shinji trembled at the thing in his head. He closed his eyes, remembering what his teacher had told him, to tell the doctor lady everything. When I sleep, sometimes I hear a woman screaming. Little Shinji said slowly. Dr. Page's pen flew across her clipboard, scribbling notes. Go on, Dr. Page said, listening carefully. And sometimes I see flashes of people. There's, it's too many to count, and then the people are lying down, and they're not moving. And then I see people vanish, but instead, instead there's, there's a, a liquid in their place. Little Shinji said, forcing himself to remember the dreams. Hmm, a liquid, Dr. Page said, frowning. Her pen froze mid-note-taking. She noted his vocabulary skills. Little Shinji nodded, saying, Um, it's like an ocean, but it's not like water. It's like, like a strange orange thing. Like, it's almost like blood. Don't tell her. Other times I see a woman and I think she's my mother. Little Shinji continued. He wanted to finish this quickly. Mother is dead. She's gone, and she won't come back. Little Shinji felt tears well up in his eyes at the things inside his head. He knew it to be true. He was always told how much more mature he could be than other kids, of how he could understand some things better than children his age. He could already understand death, but he hated it. He hated thinking about it. Dr. Page scribbled more notes. The doctor's pen tapped against her clipboard as she considered that. Her eyes peered into little Shinji, so that even looking away, he could feel her gaze on him. He could feel those cold eyes, 
looking him up and down, like he was a puzzle waiting to be solved. Shinji. She called softly. Do you see your father, too? Not him, never him. Little Shinji thought. He shook his head. One, one more thing I see. I see a stick with a point on its end. Little Shinji said. The images began to flash through his mind again. Little Shinji closed his eyes tight. His heart started beating faster and faster. The room felt like it was getting smaller. The walls were closing in on him. It was like a panic attack. But all the while, he could see flashes of imagery going by at a rapid pace. Suddenly, the little boy began whimpering. As the images kept going, they never stopped. Even when he closed his eyes, how could he see things when his eyes were closed? He didn't know that, and that scared him. Shinji felt his breathing grow harsher and harsher. His hands started to shake. He felt something warm on his face, and suddenly, Dr. Page was at his side, calling out to him. But he didn't listen. He couldn't have, even if he wanted to. You shouldn't have told her. The images flashed before him, and he couldn't stop them, no matter how hard he tried. He saw people bleeding on a floor somewhere else, saw the stick with a point on its end, saw a woman in the dark looking at him, saw a boy older than him alone on a stretch of land surrounded by water, saw a man with graying hair standing in the ruins of a city. Little Shinji shook as the blood slid down his face and over his lips. His nose was bleeding, and his head hurt so much that he felt like he was going to pass out. He had trouble breathing, and he wanted to shout or cry, but he was in so much pain that he couldn't even open his mouth. The image of the woman in the dark wouldn't leave. She watched him, her face hidden from him, and smiled. She never blinked. She never moved. Stop, please stop. Shinji pleaded. He wanted to cry. Shh, shh, it's okay, here. Dr. Page said suddenly. Her voice had lost its calm. She seemed to be on edge, seemingly at a loss to what exactly had happened. From her perspective, they'd been talking, and then her patient had begun shuddering before suffering a nosebleed and clutching his head so hard she was afraid he might pull the hair from his scalp. Not good for someone so young. Dr. Page grabbed a pair of napkins from her coat. She had been warned this could happen and gently wiped the blood from little Shinji's face. Keep the napkins on your nose. Put pressure on it, Dr. Page said coolly. The child took a moment to calm down. The images stopped. Shinji blinked and found that tears were in his eyes, but the boy managed to hold them in. He was breathing slowly and deliberately. After seeing that the boy had calmed himself, Dr. Page stood up and began furiously scribbling on her notes again. I think we'll call it a day. You can go home. I'm sorry this happened to you, Shinji, but we need to get you better. I promise I will personally do everything I can to help you, Dr. Page said. She gave him that fake smile again like he was a puzzle just begging to be solved and not a person. Somehow... Little Shinji found that he did not like Dr. Page very much. Thanks for tuning in today. Before we go, we wanted to answer DJ's question. 
DJ asked, how did all of you get interested and involved with voice acting and what made you decide to start doing this podcast? Ralph, how did you get started with voice acting? Uh, I like being poor. I don't like making money. <laughs> um, voice acting. Uh, well, my education is in uh, music education and uh, voice and opera. You're... And so... Oh. Yeah, my education Your is education in education. Your education is in, mu- is is in voice education. education. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I was actually a, a music teacher for a while. We can get into that in another episode. Oh, my God, that's a long story. But um, I was approached by a Chinese company to do voiceover for a Jesus film. So I played the role of Jesus. You were Jesus. I was Jesus in China. I'm Jesus in China. How did that make you feel? Uh, gosh, I, it made me feel uh, like I was getting paid. I mean, finally, did it like for make a job? You a, a better person, though. <laughs> I didn't make Playing me a better Jesus. person. No, no, no. It just, it just. Yeah, they they actually paid me. Well, they paid me a flat fee, which you should never. By the way, kids out there in Wonderland. If they're gonna pay you a one-time fee for something, go for the go for the royalties. Always, it sold like billions of copies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, you know. Yeah. In retrospect, that's good because if that would have happened, mm-hmm. like in reality, I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be doing fam ramen. That's a pretty deep. F- okay. Welcome to Fan Ramen. We're well, not, we're not paying you, and th- this is all free, too, so yeah, well, I know. carry on, my friend. I'm getting paid in, uh, in, in, in love from our fans. That, no, that's a, have you seen our inbox? Yeah, right? It's, it's a thing. It's a it's, thing. Yeah. No, that's yeah. good. It's mesmerizing. Right? It's like, it's like the Matrix. It just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a, like this beautiful... secret world under the Fan Ramen world. It's like all the emails. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. So I got into voice acting kind of by accident because I've been a musician first and foremost. That's what I do every day. I practice guitar. That's my deal. Go Mm -hmm. on tour, play in bands, work in the studio, the whole thing. Awesome. But I was playing with this band once. We were touring and we happened to live in the most expensive city. Maybe not the most, but one of like the top ten. We were in San Jose. Mm-hmm. It's where we lived, and I'm sure the pay would have been fine if we were living somewhere else, but because we were living in this really expensive place, I had to get a side job. And the job I got was DoorDash. For those of you that don't know what DoorDash is, that's um, it's like Uber Eats. It's just a third-party thing that delivers food. Mm-hmm. So I would like, you know, go play in these awesome shows in front of like 7,000 people, then I'd go deliver your sushi to like your apartment, which was it was a thing. It was interesting. But here's the thing. I get really bored really quickly and driving around for hours and hours, just like I, ugh, I couldn't do it. I wanted to like practice guitar. I wanted to do other things. Which is hard to do when you're driving, right? You don't, Ralph, don't, <laughs> don't play guitar while oh, you're you know driving. Oh, drive. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so what I did instead was I started practicing accents just because I was so, so bored. And, um, I don't know. I came back to the studio one day and I'd started, I'd memorized poetry too because I was just so freaking bored. Anyways, Kevin um, heard me say a poem once. He's like, that's pretty good. Can we record that? And it just like turned into a thing. I started getting classes, like acting classes or voice acting classes. And it really happened by accident. I that's don't know. Great. I tell people I'm a singer too. You, you know how this works, right? Oh yeah. Singing and voice acting are like cousins. If you can do one really well, you can probably do the other really well too. Yeah, well, yeah, and that's that's what broke me into it as well, being a vocalist, being in the opera, being doing live musical theater. Um, that all it all rolls into one, and you never know who's going to see you uh, in, the, in the from the audience. Hmm. You never know who's going to approach you afterwards and say, "Hey, you know, I noticed this thing about you, and I have this idea." Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes those ideas turn into something wonderful. Yeah. Like fan ramen. Fan ramen was just an idea. It was just an idea. Now it's a thing. Yeah. Well, that was interesting the way it came about, actually. Yeah. When we were sitting in the studio and I was like, you know, we should uh, do a podcast. And you were like, totally, I've been thinking about that. Until, yeah. yeah I've, oh, man, I've wanted to do podcasts for a while. Yeah, and it's and, super um, fun. I don't know. We both like fan fiction. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised when you came that one day. You were like, yeah, man, I love fan fiction. Let's do it. And I was like, this is such a dorky thing. You're into this. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> cool. Yep. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's what got me started, and um, it's an addiction. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. That's right. All right, guys, so don't forget to like and subscribe. We are now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I'm Lindy. I'm Ralph. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you, you, you next time. Next time. Your? Your fan ramen. Hungry. You're hungry. You. <laughs> oh, goodbye. <laughs> see you guys. This podcast produced by Lindy Day and Ralph Avalon. Sound design and engineering by Kevin Villagestone. Music by Black Ramen. Recorded and mixed in the Black Ramen Studios.